Hey, Austin, what's up? Dude, I love what you've done at the game. Stayed humble taking 35th so many times. Yeah, really good at that. You are such, you are an inspiration to me. Appreciate that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of people out there that need to fill that spot. 40 or 50 people go to the games, like, like, and you can leave the game sucking. How is that? I mean, how is that possible? Isn't it crazy? Like the guy who takes last place at the Olympics sucks. Right. The garbage. No one even knows who they are. You might as well be working at a grocery store. And, and, and yet if they weren't there, the guy who took first place would have nothing. His first is only relative to all those people he beats. Yeah, it's the, the... But then there's people like Brooke Wells who take 14th place and they still get more accolades than someone who takes like fourth place like or fifth place like Scott Panchik. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's in any sport, in any, you know, it's any, any domain. It's the, the truth of what people want. I mean, just so, look at social media. It's, a, it's, it's the unfortunate metric where... I mean, there are people out there that have a couple hundred thousand followers, and what? Who are these people? You know, like Brooke Wells deserves her followers. I didn't mean to say she doesn't. I mean, I, I don't know if "deserves" the right word, but uh, earned. For, earned, earned. Yeah, I mean, there's consistent stream of media and back and forth. I mean, it's work. I mean, social media is exhausting, and if it's you have, fun though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, don't let it be exhausting. It's fun. I I, I enjoy it. I I never did social media until Instagram. Mm. I didn't do Facebook or um, Twitter, mm. but I Instagram is fun. Yeah, it's it's once you have a voice, then you have to stay with that voice because that's why people follow you. It's it's like oh, that's what's kind of like it's like because then you because you realize like it, you'll post something outside the scope of your follower base. I do that all the time, and you'll get people. You'll get like five likes. Oh, totally. I have lots of those. Yeah. I had a, for a while, I downloaded another app that like shows you your just kind of Instagram stats, stats, people joining and yeah. unjoining. I quickly deleted that. Anytime I post a picture of like, <laughs> was it affecting your self-esteem and everything? <laughs> it, not my self-esteem, but it was affecting what I posted and I didn't want that. Yeah. Oh I yeah. I didn't want that. Yeah. And then Dave taught me the term thirst pick. Do you know that? Yeah, oh term? yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. What is that? That's like, um, I posted a picture of uh, these guys downstairs a year ago flexing their lats or something. Mm. It was rich and Austin was there and some other people I were there. That. And I immediately got, oh, thirst pick, thirst pick. Meaning just posting something that strictly to generate, has no value other than to generate likes and followers. Right. It quenches someone's thirst for the, in our world, the half naked human being. Gotcha. I have no issues with any of that. It needs to be well placed, but it should be in there about once a week. <laughs> did you learn that from that app that he deleted yeah <laughs> well it is it is a little weird i will say this it's more than a little weird and, I've, and you know um there's uh beautiful people that i have followed strictly because they're just so fun to look at mm. and yet they become one trick ponies and and i unfollow them not yeah. out of like frustration or anger or anything i'm just i had my fill yep no matter how good something is, there's a limit. Like no one wants a, a hand job that lasts 24 minutes. Nice. They're amazing, but no one, no, no one. There's a, there's a. Yeah, we've we've passed that. There's a cutoff point. Yeah, it's like your teeth start rotting and fall out. It's like too much. Yes. Um, what are you doing here? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Um, and by the way, thank you. For, I, this is short notice, and we're stoked that you're here. When I heard you were going to be here, yeah. Oh, thank you. I was like, wow. 
free podcast. Yeah, heck yeah. No, uh, my, myself and Mr. James Oliphant Hobart are going to be a... Uh, really? Oliphant? That's his middle name, yeah. Damn. Yep. That's it. I thought it was Elephant for the longest time, but it's not. There's a guy on Game of Thrones, and that's his... Not Game of Thrones. Um, what's the cowboy one? HBO? No, it, it's old. It's old. It's old. Um, the guy Al Swearingen was on it. Um, mm. He was always saying cocksucker. Deadwood. <laughs> there was an Oliphant on Deadwood. Mm. Okay, sorry. Go on. Oliphant. That's him. Yeah, we're out here for the uh, the old uh, team series live announcement. So uh, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna throw down. We actually still have to register. We need to do that today. Um, but we decided to team Does up. Does HQ cover your cost for that, or do you pay out of pocket? I don't know. I mean. We were just going to sign up and see what happens. Okay. Figured if we perform well, hopefully it's covered by something. Right. Like just by pride of winning. Dave doesn't tell you in advance. He's not like, hey, guys, sign up and submit your blah, blah, blah to invoice it to. No. <laughs> he doesn't? No. It's like our camping trip. Yeah. It's, he doesn't tell us where we're going, um, what route we're taking, what we're going to eat, where we're going to sleep or what to bring or any of that yeah, it's, it's until a, we get there. The blind trust, I think it's like, I think that's one of those things you need to have in order to just partake in this world. Just okay. trust, show up, and do it, and whatever happens. <laughs> the guest is Austin Maliolo, um, infamous, notorious, famous, um, one of the smartest guys who works uh, for CrossFit HQ. He is an L1 trainer. He is a flow master. Um, if you don't know what that is, um, if you don't know what that is, uh, Tyson Oldroyd is here, uh, senior producer here at CrossFit Inc., sitting in uh, Matt Bischel's chair. He may actually replace yeah, yeah, Matt. I was going to say, I don't know if this is Matt's chair anymore. <laughs> Matt does five shows and goes to Spain for two weeks. We have Eric uh, Maciel, or Maciel, depending on the day, um, as the engineer. And uh, why is Austin Maliolo here at CrossFit HQ? Austin Maliolo is here for um, the team series announcement. And... You know, and we'll, uh, it's always fun to come out and see a lot of the crew that we don't normally get to see, myself and James, on the road a lot. So, yeah, I get to do the live announcement for uh, the team series, but also meet, meet a lot of some new faces and see some faces that we haven't seen in a while. So you're basically, so you're, you're the demo team for the team series, but it's more than the demo team because your score counts. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, I mean, we, I, I have some demo team experience in the past, <clears throat> um, so we can, we'll make sure we have proper movement and you know, the reps count, but we are absolutely going to, uh, <laughs> you know, submit the score and, and try to just beat everyone. And this starts Wednesday, September 20th? 20, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so you'll be down in the HQ gym. Mm -hmm. They'll announce the workouts. Yep. You, you will, have they announced them yet or you won't know them ahead no. of time? I, no, we have no idea. They haven't announced. Okay. And then you and James will get at it live for the whole world to see. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're throwing down against uh, two ladies. And who are who's that? We have uh, Kelly Jackson uh -huh. and Jessica Griffith, right? We we need to get them on the show also. Okay, do we have women guests? Have we had? Have we <laughs> no. had two? Oh, we're afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly Jackson, she did, do you train with her? She's at Reebok CrossFit One. She used to. She moved back home. Uh, uh, now she was just outside of St. Louis, so she's back at home. But we trained together for about a year and a half. Has anyone ever wore a pair of um, non-Reebok shoes into the Reebok One gym? Well, they have worn them, but they quickly remove them. They do? Yeah. You, you just, what's they, the they walk in with them and then leave with Reeboks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, without a doubt. What's the uh, policy on that? 
it's 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 Reebok or bust. It's sort of like walking into like like walking into the Patriots locker room with the New York Giants jersey on. It's just uh, it's not a it's not a good not a good taste. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I see that. Have you worn a pair of the competing shoes to assess them? Um, I've done like I've done like test like with like the testing crew like put them on and stuff like with the engineers the shoe engineers. But like have I just. I've never like worn them beyond just the testing purposes. And when you when you test them, like you did something in them, like you did Laredo or Fran or yeah, more like just or, movements or like feel and stuff like that. Like, but they like cut shoes up and you can look at them and all that. It's amazing. They they tell you more about a shoe than you could ever know. Uh, what is your favorite shoe? Gosh, I'm you know I'm not a I, every shoe that we've made I've worn and I I know I I've liked from the one to where we're at in the the seven now. I mean. I really, the the Nano Two I think it was my favorite to wear like with like traveling around. I think the best multi purpose we ha- we had. Um, I really like the Seven now. Um, I the Seven Weave I think is the proper protocol name, but I really like it and I wear them all over. You know. So. Do you and Hobart have mm. wear the same shoes? No, he his favorite shoe is like the Speed TR. I think that shoe is a good looking shoe. Yeah, really good looking shoe. He has he has really fat ankles but we nicely call them sturdy Sturdy. so he has sturdy Sturdy ankles ankles. and so like they make his foot look better like it's he has fat feet you know he struggles with the nano's pretty wide and chunk little chunky yeah so this shoe like it it flatters his sturdiness yeah you're you're married austin i am yeah and did you know hobart before you knew your wife no no so hobart was around first no my wife was around first okay yeah my wife was yeah and then i met i met james is there ever any conflict between your wife and James? Well, there used to be, but now yeah, there used to be, but now that he has a girlfriend, I don't get to see James as much anymore. Tell me about that conflict. Was it? I mean, because we have a, we, you know, we have Matt Bischel, head of social media. Yeah, and I haven't heard about anything like this in a couple of years. And then we have Jonathan Haynes, mm. head of game social media. Yeah, and there was some conflict between Matt's um, wife and Haynes, mm. basically like s- some oh, competition for his time. He's gonna love. This. <laughs> we're talking about this, and and, and, and and there was some, you know, some, you know, some, some tension, some yeah, some tension. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it was, you know, in the beginning, you know, it's just it's it's one of those where like, of course, we're gonna, you know, you know, do things like that. You know, we're gonna do buddy carries and hang out and do sleepovers. You know, yeah, it's just uh, you know, we would we would take advantage of it, like when we would travel for like seminars, we would we would ask the travel department, like, hey, we'll just sleep in the same room. You know, we'll, you know, and we, they'd always write back like, no, you guys are adults. You can have your own rooms, you know, like, You're like no, 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 but really, but no, but really like we, we'll just stay in the same bedroom. Right. We're fine. You know? Right. So one bed or two, one bed, one, one King, one King. Yeah. All right. It's fine. All yeah, right. It's, it's like, <laughs> I think I've seen the video. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, if you can't sleep in the same bed as your best friend, there's a problem. Right. I you, agree. You have to be comfortable with that. I just shared a tent with a guy, two man tent. Yeah. I mean, it was really a one man uh, tent. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a two man yeah. tent. But that I was under- a child's I tent. understand. I yeah. understand. It, but is there, has she said to you like, Hey man, ease up on the James or don't have James call past 10 o'clock at night. Or it would like, be like, hey. can't you? Yeah. Cause we'll be like, we'll be like, Oh, there it is. Yeah. We'll be like hanging out. She's like, Please don't FaceTime him right now. We're hanging out. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's, I it's let the FaceTime letting him like really into like into the into your world. Yeah. Where is the most hey, intimate place you've um, FaceTime James? Well, <laughs> have you ever been? Because I know you. Face, I've seen where you FaceTime him in bed. Yeah. Have you ever FaceTime in bed when um, Miss Maliolo's in? Well, yeah. Like I mean, like w- like when we're in bed together. Yeah. I mean, 
there are there are some boundaries there. I mean, you know, like as long as the you sheets turn, are you like. You turn yeah. the iPad to the wife. Yeah. Hi, James. Yeah, we'll do that. Like, and he and he'll be in bed and you know, with his girlfriend, and we'll like, hey, we've gone to the bathroom together. That you know, that just sometimes just happens. Yeah, totally. You FaceTime, you well, pick it up, and you're just like, well, here we are. Wasn't there a video the video that that Torin did yep. with you guys where like first thing in the morning? <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, that's uh, that's this was amazing. Kev. Yeah, that was Kev. Yeah, we did we the did hero. That. That's I didn't see anyone else carry it like that though. No, that was no, no, our no, that's that a was, different method. That was our first Easy. thought. We're like, we got to carry this like uh, an elephant walk, and it worked. <laughs> so you guys don't have any rules like. Um, Pull the hole, hold the hole, nah. pull the pole. No, no, no. Yeah, we're just, we're equal opportunity. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Whatever's efficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I used to sword fight second, third grade mm. in the bathroom all the time. Like everyone did it. Five dudes would be using one and it was just <laughs> fighting streams, Ghostbuster style. It's more efficient. And now mm. no one does that. Yeah. Yeah, the... Yeah, the, the well, not no one. You and Hobart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You we, and Hobart. We try to keep it alive. <laughs> yeah. You and Hobart cross streams. <laughs> How did that start? How did what? Tell me your first meeting with James. The first meeting was at 2010 regionals, or yeah, was it regionals? Yeah, regionals in Albany. He had loafers on, ninja pants, and sweatbands on his wrists. Yeah. And the sweatbands not only were sweatbands, it was like they were like they had like Mario mushrooms on, like they were like you know like. Like Mario uh, Kart right, mushrooms right, on right. his wrists. Mario, like Mario. Yeah, yeah. Did you beat him? No, it was Rob Orlando, James, and then me. I th- I came in third, but I beat him at the games that year. Wow, you guys you... were on staff at that point, right? <clears throat> no, we were not. That was in two thousand. So that was two thousand ten. We got on staff at the end of that year. Okay. So he got on, like he was interning. He was like an intern ahead of me. So he's like always been like a month and a half ahead of me. Gotcha. Rob Orlando won a regional you were at? Oh, yeah. 2010. That's when he clean and jerked 300 for a oh, triple. How? Oh, that was sectionals. Look at me. My gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, there it is. You can also see Denise Thomas. She was an athlete at one point in her oh, life. Oh, check that out. That's awesome. And Jen. Is that, Car- is that Kariana? That's Kariana, yeah. yeah. How, how, wow. Oh, that's her gym. How old yeah. is... um? But Rob Orlando is significantly older than you. He must be 40. I think he's close to 40 now, yeah. He must. And how old are you? 30. Wow. Yeah, he is was. Is that Yurinko? No, no, that's uh, Tominsky. Yep, that's Mike McKenna. Yeah. Wow. There it is. And that's that's it. That's what we got. We got a paleo kit. <laughs> Look at those two weirdos <laughs> next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the guy? Who, Mike McKenna. I don't know who that is. Did he ever go to the games? No. But you did. I did. How many times have you been? I think six. Yeah. This year was the six. I mean, I mean, as an individual. Five. Five. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, do you remember when everyone thought Austin was, um, a European? Yeah. That was, that was from this you, year. That was, the, yeah, it was like, yeah, because I went, showed, what happened was <clears throat> I was, I was a young I want to say something about Cariana when this is all done, by the way, go ahead. And so someone told me that like, you know, compression will make you fitter. So I was like, okay, I will. Wear full compression head to toe. I remember yeah. your compression <laughs> phase. Like, I totally yeah, remember that's like, your that's, compression that, phase. There it is. That yes. would be a t- oh, but lose the shorts. Yeah. There's there's some great photos. Oh gosh. Keep looking. Keep looking, Eric. Oh look at Hobart. Look. They're sweatbands. See that? That's when he wore sweatbands. Uh, yeah. See that? 
I feel like there were other athletes too. I feel like Kalipo had to we, be, he wasn't Peter allowed to leave the house unless he was in compression for a while. Yeah. Like we were all like compression was it, you know? So like, and then there you was, you look great in it. Thank you. And then white. Cause like, of course they like, when I was like, oh, you can get black around. I'm like, well, California's hot. Why would you wear black? Right. So I'll wear white. I didn't really think it through that I was going to look like a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. A buff one. Yeah. yeah Real I mean, buff. Uh, yeah, just jacked. So that was that was my outfit. So then people thought I was European because only, you know, why would, you know, an American wear full head-to-toe compression? True. You know, so that was the start of the Stormtrooper or the White Knight. Do you still compression? No, I don't. I had, a, I had an experience at regionals one year where I almost died. Not really, but it was just like, you know, I was head-to-toe compression was 110 degrees out. And that did not help. It did not help the heat. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Yeah. I, I remember oh, that. Oh, man. I totally, I full-on, I because I hadn't met you yet. It's like, who is this guy? Oh, people yeah. people oh, yeah. will say, um, oh, that's a nice shot. That's yeah. a great shot. People will say uh, stuff along the lines, and I'm sure you've heard it growing up, like you'll be hanging out with a bunch of friends and some some girl who you find attractive or you thought was attractive will be like, I would never date a guy that's blah, blah, blah. And like she describes you to the T. Mm. And I'm sure the one that you've heard before is, oh my God, that guy's so short. He's so cute, but so short. I would never date him. And he's like 5'7". Yeah. You're like, you ever get, do you ever get that? And you're just like, come on. Yeah, like like you're not hurt, but you're also just like, what what the fuck? Yeah, have some awareness that I'm five yeah. five. Girl. Like, like, have you heard that? Oh yeah. Well, I, that? I get to me like I'll get it to, to like even more. Like, man, they'll, uh, they'll people look at me and be like, "You're a lot smaller in person." Just straight <laughs> up, straight up. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like man, I thought you were bigger. <laughs> are you taking, are you taking a dig at me? Is this oh a yeah, people are like, yeah. What is this? like, man, I thought you were like, gonna look bigger. I was like, nope. This is this is what you got. Yeah, <laughs> five five one seventy five. Just just pure man, small man. How tall is Hobart? He's like 5'8". He's a good-looking man. He looks like he was the same size as you just now when you were in here. I know. He's losing You make him look small. Yeah, he gets stressed out about it. Oh, I didn't mean like that. I meant shorter. He's 5'8". I just try to like walk on my toes. Allison, um, Allison NYC, I haven't talked to her, seen her in years. She had a kid. Congratulations. I remember one time in 2009 or something, she, she said something like, oh my God, that guy could be attractive, but... But he has shit brown eyes. I'd never date a guy with shit brown eyes. And I was just like, you know, that was another one. I'm just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. As my wife would say now when I repeat stories like that, she goes, oh, that stuck, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Van Morrison would disagree with your, you know, talking about brown eyes like that. Thank you. Yeah. That's you and Hobart? That's it. That's at regionals. That's when he beat me. But that's right after the event that we did. That's right after he beat you. And it's amazing because that's not stage. That's just... Just bros, bros, just, just bros. Friends. Yeah, that's right after we did a handstand walk, and he fell on his face, trying to. So that was like where we had like one event right after another, and he literally went full failure and face planted, and he had a black eye for the rest of the weekend. It looked I like remember that. it looked like someone punched him in the face. He beat you, and he had a black eye. I beat him in the handstand walk. He beat me in the snatch event, which subsequently is what put him over. Uh huh. Yeah, and he's consoling you. There's yeah, a, there's a video. We have a we have a. A video shot. That's a lot of skin. You know, there's a lot of your or his armpit armpit sweat getting on you right there. Well, I'm that's the that's my that's my position since I'm under everyone. I've just succumbed to the fact that everyone's armpit is going to be on my shoulder right there. Yeah. Someone described today in the hallway to me somehow the term Reaganomics got brought up and trickle down economy, 
and I was, and we were talking about it and someone walks by and goes, yeah, that's when the rich are pissing on the poor. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, a, um, I was heard that. That was a cliff notes version. <laughs> is there a, um, is there, there's the L1 team, mm -hmm. an amazing team. Yes. Tell me how amazing they are. It's uh, probably not a, a more impressive group of people that you could ever establish in my opinion. Yeah. And why is that? Well, one, they're all over the world. So it's a, it's rare to have a team that is so congruent in their views and their delivery that's all over the world. And two, it's, I can go work with anyone on the team and never have worked with them anywhere ever and, and deliver an excellent product, which is unbelievable. And working for a lot of teams and, and, and working with different people, that's almost never seen. But I think that's the most impressive thing is the, the alignment on what the goals are and how to execute and the, the preparation before you actually execute on the task is so paramount that when you're with each other, it's easy and you just highlight each other. And that's a testament to people. And, and it's, I think that's what makes it so special. What is the message you guys are delivering in that two day course in that Saturday, Sunday, by the way, that's an amazing group of people right there. Gosh, that's a, that's an old one. Yeah. It's a, yeah. a stacked group. Yeah. Yeah. That's they're okay. all they're all like that though. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Like every 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 week every Monday, you see these fo these yeah. photos kind of trickle around social media. Yeah. Look always... at Julie Fouché. Yeah. Heather Bergeron's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just take a look at that. I mean, think, and the question you said, like, what's 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 being delivered across two days? And I think, yeah, we could we could talk about course content and all that stuff. I mean, but ironically enough, all of that is out there, right? Like, I mean, you could pull up the manual and read it. So the content is, is, is there and, and from the videos that we've released from, you know, it's the content is not what's being delivered. I think if, if there's one thing, it's inspiration across two days to teach people how to educate, inspire, and entertain. Right? And I think that's what's being delivered across. And, and when on, on the week after a seminar, we get feedback from participants. That's the biggest thing. That you hear is that it was, you know, saying thank you for the inspiration and or the reinvigoration to go and, and make positive impact on other people's lives or start their journey to do that. That's what's being delivered across two days where, yeah, we're, te we're teaching about variance, functionality, intensity. We're teaching about meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and no sugar. We're teaching people to keep their intake to support exercise and not body fat. We're doing all of that. We're teaching people how to move well, but the vehicle in which that's delivered that's the product that's being delivered. When I've heard Greg talk about how um, teaching your kid how to swim or to float at a very young age is, is, is uh, inoculating them against drowning. Right. And I really like the way, you know, he's a poet, um, just the way he says that. And then I'm not going to do this next statement um, justice that he was saying, but then he basically went into saying, and the, what the L1 is, is it's the, um, it's the software to the human hardware. It's mm -hmm. the most optimal software you could run in this human hardware. Mm -hmm. And from there we were we were talking about how all parents should take that. And and that basically it's an inoculation in our current state, it becomes super relevant. It's inoculation against misinformation. Mm -hmm. There's so much misinformation out there, right? Yeah. And yet all you have to do, and I know this is self serving, but all you have to do is go to an L one. Yeah. Or go to CrossFit.com and, yeah. and and look at all the journal stuff and and it's there, right? Yeah. Um, 
do you do you view it like that? Like every weekend when you're given this, you're like, oh my god, I'm like, yeah, it's. You now have it. You now have it. Now you can go home and tell your parents, hey, you shouldn't be eating that shit. Hey, this is how you squat. Hey, this is how you should lift a box up on top of the refrigerator. Hey, kids, like, I think what I've seen in the past what seven eight years of doing this is it's changing. Is that in the when when I first started working on staff, that's exactly what it was like. Now, I think what's more important is something you said is the misinformation. They, people are sponges for information, and they're coming into seminars with a good amount of knowledge, right or wrong, skewed or unskewed. They, they know what's coming. And I think that what, what we do across two days is really clarify what our prescription is and how elegant and how simple it is and how to execute that and the importance of that. Because we'll we'll have a seminar of fifty people, and forty eight of them will have been doing CrossFit for six months to a year plus. Yeah, and so they know a, a good amount of it. And and but the problem is, is that I don't know if it's necessarily it's a problem, but as CrossFit has grown, as has grown other information, you know, or the you know the the anti whatever that right. is, right? Which right. is still strange to me, but. It, and that happens, right? So I think that's a really big thing is just clarifying that. And, and the questions you get are now that we're getting is just, you know, I've heard this or, you know, my favorite one now, right? Because that awful documentary showed up on Netflix about <clears throat> vegetarianism or like, you know, meat will kill you or something. And it's like, you know, what, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, not eating meat? You know, you guys advocate eating, you know, meats and vegetables, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, and it seems like there's a movement to not eat meat. You know, it's like, all right, well, let's now we can have a discussion. And whereas before it was just like, tell me what to eat, you know, right. or tell me how much to eat. But now people are coming in with sort of these other other notions, and because there's a lot more information out there. How many how many L one trainers are there? Level one trainers, I think the staffs went around between one fifty and two hundred. I'm probably right around there, an average of that. Is there a, is there a Blue Angels team? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a blue angel? I, I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is there like, Oh shit, here they come. Um, I, I still think that's like Dave Castro and Nicole Carroll. Like the, okay. the blue angels team is in my, in, in right. my opinion, it's like when they, like, when they are at a seminar, it's like, okay. I mean, they're the, you know, they're, and then, and then obviously, you know, if, if, if coach shows up, then it's, you know, all bets are it's off. the gold angels. That's always, right. It's always impressive though. when when you, when you get the trainer email, it's like, Oh man, there's, four flow masters on yeah. this gig like yeah. you guys are all like i mean that's, that's a stack like would you seminar. and adrian ever be at the same or you and chuck or you and todd do you guys ever like um it's it's rare you know to have like like like, like tyson said like a, a handful of flow masters i mean um level twos is what probably where you see more of that possibility because it's a, you know traditionally a little more veteran staff um but yeah if you see a trainer email come through and there's a, a couple flow masters on there it's uh you know, it's, and I think sometimes like, you know, it as a fellow staff, but the, you know, the participants don't know, you know, but you know that they're going to be, they're going to have a pretty unique experience because of the experience, you know, where right. when you listen to veterans staff that have been around and have, you know, gone through the ringer and just the, the stories and the relatability that they can give to the participants is unparalleled. Sure. So there is, so there isn't a Blue Angel official Blue Angels team. I don't think so. I mean, I'm going to propose that to yeah. Dave and Nicole, the Blue Angels. Yeah, we, you know, James and I always, we always uh, joked that we wanted like, um, like, 
like varsity jackets. Varsity jackets with like, <laughs> with like the awesome. letters on it. Like we always yeah. wanted that. Like with stripes. Yeah, with stripes on it. Like earn your stripes, like uh, like grease. You know, walk around with the. You know, the guys get one color, the girls get another color. <laughs> it never came through. Um, married, mm-hmm. L one staff, yeah. full time job. Yeah. At at the at the at, at Reebok. Yeah. At the Reebok gym. Yeah. The Reebok World Headquarters area. Is it is it too much? Is that is it too much? So is it too much? Um, describe it. So, uh, I don't know if this is true. I just read this, but I heard like Einstein did three things. He was into um, the sciences, mm-hmm. whatever he did there. Um, he was into sailing and playing the violin. Mm. I also hear he was into womanizing, but let's just say those three. And and he really stayed focused on those three. Yeah. He didn't he didn't yeah. he didn't stray from those so that he could be great at all those. Right. And you have um, you know you have two things on your you have three things four things on your plate that are pretty crazy. Relationships are crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, Full time jobs are crazy. But being a games athlete is sort of like a different is like real kind of crazy mm. and then and then the travel that comes with being on the l1 team is yeah. um you know it's good for a couple of years and then and then you know you become an old man like you and yeah and that shit will start wearing on you yeah you get gray in your beard yeah yeah so by is it too much are there are things suffering because you're juggling four um major balls yeah um and and i wouldn't ask a normal person this but i know you like to do things obviously to perfection yeah no i i think are things struggling i i of, of course right i mean it's like you you have a bandwidth i think that one i'm very fortunate and lucky to have a wife that accepts that i work seven days a week and travel every weekend um you know with, without a doubt i mean the first thing people say is that you're your wife is the only person that could have would ever deal with you. And I would agree. <laughs> um, so like, you know, it's like, and I think that's one thing. And I think as another piece that I've learned is surround yourself with people that are better than you. Whereas if you have a team, you know, and you create a team of people that are around you that can, you know, challenge you and force you to be better, but also, you know, push the entire entity to be better. That's the goal. The challenge with that is that, they will inevitably leave you if you can't keep them to stimulate them. But I think that's something I've learned, you know, with, you know, running the, the gym at Reebok or, you know, ha- you know, have, you know, having a, a, a CrossFit gym outside of that or, you know, things like that. I think it's having good people around you to always push and challenge you. But I love the challenge of new challenges and creation. You know, I think something that I, when I grew up, I used to work construction and one of my, I didn't realize it during it, but one thing I missed. How old were you when you did that? I was like 16. Mm -hmm. And just like at the end of the day. Did you ever bury a body at the construction site? No, I was never asked to do that, but I definitely made every mistake on the job site you could. Okay. um, But not that. Okay. Um, We'd like, we should get into your past a little bit after this. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, you'd start the day and you finish the day and you'd actually see something change. Like you did that, whether you dug a hole, whether you built something that, and, and you did it, that's something that is so special. And I, and that's what I really like, whether it's, <clears throat> that's why I love cleaning a gym. So I love the basic things of, Hey, let's walk around the gym and let's clean it. 
because it starts dirty and it finishes clean and you did that and you get, can see mark change. And I, and, and I, and I, and I like to pull that big picture of whether it's creation of whether it is a small business or whether it is a, a team or a new challenge within the team. Um, so that's something that I really enjoy, but to answer your question specifically, is it difficult? Yes. Is, does something suffer without a doubt? Um, would I do it any other way? Probably not. And maybe my ignorance blinds me with that. But um, when kids come down the line, which my wife wants, I'm sure, you know, with in order for me to be the person and, and father that I would want to be, something else will have to suffer because you have to make a commitment <clears throat> when it comes to that. So the awareness of that is probably higher than it's ever been because of the impending, you know, potential addition to our family. So... Was getting married fun? Yeah, getting married is great. I mean, I was, we were with, I, I was dating my wife, Marin for seven years and then we got married and, you know, so it was like, it was great. We Does actually, anything change when you get married? Nothing. No, not one thing. Just fluff. One day you wake up and you're married. And you're, yeah. And you're like, wow, it was. Did she take your name? She did. Yeah. Marin Maliolo. She didn't do any hyphenated, nothing. No, I, I, no, she's, she's a boss. She was like, no, I want, I want, we'll take that last name. We're moving on. That's cool. Yeah. What is, what's the most important thing an affiliate owner can know from your perspective? What was the most important thing? What was your mantra? What I, a quote I heard from Coach Glassman was, make sure your bathrooms are always clean and make sure your people air squat with beauty and never lose sight of that. It's, and I think about that every single day. First thing I do when I walk into any gym is I go to the bathroom. People probably think I have a urinary tract infection, but it, the, the truth is I just want to go clean and you know, see what goes on there. Have you used our bathrooms here at HQ? I have numerous times, yeah. Have you seen those um, plastic things on the ground that we have? They're, they're kind of new, right? Yeah, they're only, they're only in the bathrooms up here. Okay, yeah. Have you seen those? No. Oh, they're these pieces of plastic, mm. and they wrap around the bottom of the toilet, yeah. and you put your feet up on them, and they... Um, there, there's one. Squatty oh, potty. a squatty potty. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm aware of them. Have you ever used one? Yes. Okay. So. And the benefits of for the colon. I. Uh, is it benefits for the colon? Very much so. That's the that's the point. Yeah. Oh, right? I thought the whole point yeah. was is that like you don't have to wipe. Like it just makes it a cleaner. No, I definitely. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't. That explains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not oh, have to wipe. Okay. But it makes it so that you don't have to wipe as vigorously. Yeah, there we go. there's the colon. Yeah, there's the. Um, I had no idea that there was anything like. Yeah, I thought it was just so it doesn't smear against your ass cheeks. <laughs> uh, that may be like a secondary <laughs> or tertiary benefit, but the primary benefit is the position it puts your body in. I, I was in India for a month. Yeah, and and just shitting in holes. Oh yeah, and it just really helped the wiping situation. Now look at if that's really an ad for the squatty potty, that's fucking bullshit. No one wants their skin touching that part of the toilet see how we're how we're Barefoot. yeah that's just ridiculous well i it's a very it's 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 a non-traditional way to to sit on the toilet i would assume as well but you just move the squatty potty out a little bit you don't want i mean that's that thing is just covered in urine whether yeah. you see it or not that's not a clean that's not she's working on her ankle flexibility that's what she's working on there <laughs> i mean maybe if it was your own personal bathroom at your house yeah but yeah she's got a lot of skin on porcelain Anyway, I, I've been figuring the one out here more and more. 
um, you have to be very careful because if you have, yeah. you know, you have, let's say she had her pants lowered, mm-hmm. her pants would then be cleaning around the edge of the bowl. That's what we've been, that's, that, this has come up a little bit. And basically the argument is, hey, this thing sucks because if you don't know how to use it right, it's got to be covered in urine. That too. Yeah. And then if you don't, if you choose not to use it, you have to touch it. Then your pants and your short, mm-hmm. whatever is just, just cleaning there's a way to do it. The There's like the steps you body. have to go yeah. through. I'm starting to figure it out so that you can get on it. Your pants don't hug the bowl. <laughs> yeah, like step one, just kick it to the other <laughs> side of the room. No, yeah. I like using it. I like using it. What if you take your pants completely off? Because that that you know. Mitigates. I do take my vest off when I shit. Well, that's good, but I don't know if that helps the squatty potty <laughs> scenario. I do. And we have nowhere to hang it, so I have to search around on the floor, like to make sure that like, there's a spot that I'm comfortable setting it. So it's it's super important for your bathrooms to be clean here, based off all of this. It is because you're taking your clothes off. There's things you got to move around. Not your clothes off your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> we have um we have a sh- we have showers too, and the showers don't have toilets, and that kind of bugs me because then you know just people are pissing in the shower. But that's. There's a lot of protocol there. It, it was more fun talking about the Blue Angels. <laughs> <laughs> when I first met you, I think it was 2010, mm-hmm. and we, there was a um, a Tahoe showdown. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was uh, there were two teams: mm-hmm. a rogue team versus again faster. Another team, yep, yeah. And which team are you on? I was on again faster that time. Along with, look at, look, oh gosh. Look Is, at, that's Austin? That's me. That's actually in James Hobart's driveway, by the way. Wow. Yep. You yeah. look bigger in photos than you do in person. Thank you. <laughs> Adds 10 pounds. I, I need that 10 pounds. <laughs> look at James. Just coach me up with the sweatband on again. And so that, you're 30 now. That was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You were 22. And I remember um, my wife at the time had made a video that featured you mm. and there was you you had had a surly past is that is that the right word yeah i'm not i'm not sure the definition of surly but it sounds like Me you too. would fit my past Me neither. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah how about squirrely past <laughs> that would probably fit Ex- too exciting what um what 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 is uh what where were you born i was born in new york i think a, a little town called mayapack new york yeah so i mean that's why I grew up around that area, like upstate New York, about two hours north of New York City. Uh, mom, dad, divorced together? Well, yeah, so they got divorced when I was eight years old. So Mine got divorced when I was three. Eight sounds rough. Yeah, you're, yeah and you're aware enough to, uh, for it to affect you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, eight years old, I was, and then, you know, at the time, yeah, that was like, <clears throat> so if you were to, like, pull back and look at the, the, the root cause of a lot of the... Uh, you know, surliness, um, that, you know, that would, that, you know, you can pinpoint it back to that, but then obviously bigger issues beyond that. So you, you, you stay in that town until you're how old? What, what was the name of it? So that's where I was born. But where, where I grew up around was like uh, LaGrangeville, New York, just outside of Poughkeepsie, New York for reference. Okay. So I have no idea. Now, I know New York city. Yeah. It's and two Albany. hours, two hours North of that. Okay. An hour and a half South of Albany. <clears throat> okay. So, and you were there, you did high school there? Well, I went to four different high schools. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. You get kicked out of just get in trouble and. Well, which one? That's a I tough get? time of life to be moving around. Yeah. So it was all. It, so, 
yeah, I went to I went to like a like a pre prep school in Connecticut, right? Thai and all that sort of stuff. That was ninth grade, so that would like you you could go to ninth. Did you grade. sleep there? No, I was a day student, but then okay. I went to a prep school in Massachusetts called Williston Northampton School. I actually repeated my freshman year, which is somewhat common in boarding school, and that's where I you know played hockey, um, football, and lacrosse. You know, and it's so common in sports, so you get another four years of sport. Yeah. Um, and that's like you know that was sort of like at the 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 catalyst of when things started to just go downhill. Sophomore year. Yep. Yeah. Sophomore year, and then I left that prep school because I just and is that because what caused that you were just a bad kid in the prep school just like throwing smoke bombs into classrooms or stealing cars or like it was it was it was more prior to like that that it got there it got to being you know bad but before it was like I was I was able to convince my parents that I wanted to go to a public school because the restrictiveness of a private school right when you you know and and were you always a good speaker, like eloquent and like you had your, like now your, your shit's tight. Were you tight with your parents? Like it was easy to. I was a very good manipulator. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you learn that in a, in a part of a divorced family, you learn how to play both sides. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's a skill set, unfortunately, that is easy to practice when okay. you have two households that don't like each other. Okay. Um, so with that skill set was able to convince my, you know, my parents to, to pull me out of that school, which was, you know you can pinpoint a lot of very poor decisions. That was one of many. Went to public school. Uh, now this was just around like Poughkeepsie area, Arlington High School. Uh, so going from a very small prep school to a massive public school. Um, and that's sort of when it so all... So that's your third high school starting your junior year or sophomore year? Well, yeah, it was technically, yeah, sophomore, junior, because it was unique because I had that repeat. So right. it was sort of like, yes, okay. to both. And that's when, and I was hanging out with a, you know, a crowd that was like, you know, three years older than me. And that's a significant age range at that time. Cause you know, you're 17 and they're, some of them are 20, 21. Right. Um, super impressionable. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and all you're trying to do and all I was trying to do was, you know, get, you know, get their approval, their recognition. So ended up getting, that was, that was when I ended up getting arrested, getting, you know, and that's when I went, I got for, sh- for what? Um, so I just a- attacked a vehicle cause I thought they were, you know, attacking our f- group of friends, right? Physically. Physically. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't good. Um, if you were to say, where's the one, like, did you, were the cops there and they saw you do it or someone turned you in? No, they called the cops and yeah, cause you were, we were just, you know, drunk at a party and, and they just showed up at the scene of the crime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Yes. So, <clears throat> and, t- and then from there got shipped away to. Um, what they would call like a an outdoor reform place in Utah. Oh, where you would spend the night oh, yeah, and yeah. shit for two months. Did you attack with a weapon? Yes. Oh shit. Oh yeah. So I mean, it was it was either go and get shipped away out there to what was it's called Second Nature, um, just at uh, Duchesne. I'm from Utah. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this place. Yes, I, I have friends. Let me let me ask you this real quick. What what what's going on in your in your in your other parts of your life then? Are you playing any sports at school? Yeah. So I mean, I was, I was good enough. I was good enough to you know not go to class, but you know forge the notes and get by because it was just very different. You know, I was playing 
still playing hockey and playing football, but it was like, it was sort of going towards the climb where like, I think I skipped like the football camp, optional football camp in the summer. And so this was at the end of, but you still had structure. I mean, yeah. In your life. Yeah. So you were getting passing grades. Yes. Oh yeah. You were forging notes, but Mm -hmm. you were still, you were still, you know, yeah, there sounds like you were doing more than I was doing in high school. Yeah. But that, but except taking the certain things to the extreme, you know, and that's ended up, you know, tell you, it's either you're going, you know, and this is where, for me, the big thing was like where my my dad was like, hey, because it was me going, probably going to go to jail or, you know, he fought for me to go to this, you know, this this program. And that was essentially the deal, which at the time I had no idea. So, you know, you get picked up at two in the morning by two goons. Oh, shit. you know, they zip tie your hands. And oh, they, that's awesome. That's how you got taken away. Yeah. So like, you know, they, they wake you up in the middle of the night. They zip tie your hands. They, you know, hand in the belt loop. That's not traumatic. They're huge, you know, and they're all, they're like, you know, massive human beings. And then, you know, they escort you all the way out to Utah from New York. And is your dad standing there crying at the door? Well, they, so technically, like he was actually there. And that was like, if there's a moment burden to your mind, it's that. Right. But, um. Because your dad should fucking put a cap in those guys and save you. Yeah. Except it's like, you're like, yeah. He set you up for The emotional turmoil, all of that, you know. You commissioned it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. man. And then you're shipped out to Utah for um i was out there for two months you know where and then i mean you're fully and this was like at the end of the summer beginning of the school year it would have been my senior year mm-hmm. of school at that point where i was so um what you were looking forward to well who who, right, who doesn't look forward right. to like you know right final year that's yeah. it the final year of all the good stuff that goes along with it you know it that story is just crazy just you know you hike 11 20 miles a day i mean i was a run risk for two weeks so i didn't i wasn't allowed to have shoes so like for oh, certain that's points. killer so you know like uh, that's awesome so oh, yeah. you did all the hikes and shit barefoot well they'd let you have um the, the for the hikes but like if we were at base camp you had to walk out no shoes so your feet would be bleeding and stuff anyway. and so everyone knows that you're a flight risk and yeah. you're the new guy you'd sleep over so you'd have a, a, a counselor that would put a tarp over your sleeping bag they would sleep on the tarp so any move you'd make they hear you if you were trying to escape it what night. if you have to take a piss you have to wake them up wake and them they up escort and they you escort you yeah yeah so there's that, and then and then from there, after two. Did months, you like that? Was that a good experience, or were you just making friends with other criminals? There was a lot other of other thugs. criminals there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it opened. It really opened my eyes to, and that was the start of it, because you know, then from the next step, it was even more. But there was it was crazy the stories. I mean, I would see drug addicts that were my age that would come out and come off meth or heroin, and they put them on a tarp and they'd be there for thirty six hours. It was, like, it was just crazy. I'd never seen anything like that before. You know, so you like oh, you was it was it profound while you were there, or is it something that 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 you've come to realize? Wow, that was that was a real pivotal you know pivotal moment in my life. It there was a lot of moments that were profound, but again, later making more mistakes later on in life. You know, there was a few more key moments that happened in my life in order for it to truly stick. Gotcha. But if you were to say what was one of the most pivotal points in my life, it was those two months out there knowing I wasn't going to go back home, having no communication, knowing that no one of your friends even wrote to you to where you were, like things like that. You're like, okay. And seeing who your peers were, the other people who were there for yeah. similar reasons. So there's a lot of things that would you know really hit home with that. And then, then from there, you know, I got sent down to Virginia for two years for, uh, to what, what is considered a therapeutic boarding school. So now you're like 19. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've graduated late from okay. high school. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like, the therapeutic boarding uh, school? 
you know, and did you have to go there? Was that still part of the deal? Well, I mean, have to is a strong word, but it was highly recommended after this, you know, the second nature is that you go to a school like that. And then there's, there's a whole range of them from very, very restrictive to little less restrictive. Um, and then you have to take all these tests. Like, are you crazy? You know, like I took a 500 question test and it's all dudes. So we were all, we, the uh, second nature was all dudes. And, and then when, when I went down to Carlbrook, um, that was, that was co-ed down there. And how many, how many people there? 120. Hmm. Yeah. Max. Yeah. And how were those two years? So that was still no CrossFit. Yeah. So I was, but I was still like, I was, I was, I still was like working out. Like I would like, even like when I was out in a, you know, second nature, like I would do push ups and stuff like, you know, in, in the desert and stuff like that. Like I liked, I always worked out and I enjoyed it. it was why, why did you work out? Who got you into that? Your dad, yeah. your mom, football. And yeah, my dad. dad did 70 push ups once and I saw him. I couldn't even do two. I was like, okay, I need to do something. And he told me my dad. How told old were you when that happened? I was like, you know, 15 or something. That's bad. And he goes to me, he goes, you're never going to be the strongest. You're going to be, you, everyone, someone's always going to be better than you. You got to be the hardest worker. And the only way you can do that is to work out. If you want to make the varsity team, you got to work harder than everyone. So how, how, when you saw your dad cool. do those 70 pushups, um, what was, what was his build like? Is he, is he five, five, one thirty five doing that or he's now he's five ten you know, like one seventy five. He's always oh, been athletic and fit. I mean, he does CrossFit now, like, you know, every day and you know, he can do all sorts of stuff That's and, cool. but you know, he was doing dips and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I was just some little, you know, soft kid. So he, he inspired me a lot to, to, you know, be the kid that would have to work out to play sports and, and to be well, you know, to do well in those sports. So that always stuck with me, you know, and when I was down in Virginia at Carlbrook, you know, I started the workout club and things like that, you know, <laughs> it's like, we got to get this gym up more than once a week. So you were exhibiting signs of leadership already. And if you would have stayed in New York, you'd have been the head of your gang. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I probably, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> I would have sat yeah. at the head of the table. I would have been dead probably for sure. You know? Really? Well, yeah. I it mean, was going that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was going that way. It was just, I mean, just because you're so blinded by influence. And when you're, inf when you're at, at that age, you know, it's just like, there's, there's no one. It's like, it's either you're in or you're out. And like anyone that has some sort of a, a scope of practice, they, they leave, <laughs> right. you know, and, it's, and I got, you know, when I got shipped away, it's, and, and what's amazing now is like, I have very little zero contact with any of those people from that part of life, but like, you'll kind of catch wind and, you know, it's like, okay, it's what you would expect where they would be or, you know, and, and after even leaving Carlbrook, I mean, these were some of the, some of these kids were really struggling. And since that's you know, the place in Utah, no, Virginia, Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. You know, they, uh, you know, I mean, I know five or six people that are no longer with us cause they just, even after graduating all that, like couldn't take it, you know, struggling that much. And like, that's the caliber. You mean of two years of that reform school, they go back home and they get back into their fucked up lifestyle and yep. they're OD, get mm -hmm. shot. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Commit suicide. Yep. All the above. So, you know, so that's, and then. So, so that, you leave there, you're there for two years. Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah. And you're, and you, and what, what's life like there? You're just lights out every night at 10 o'clock. Very it's just regimented. two years of just. Very regimented. I mean, you're going to school, you know, but I mean, the biggest thing was like. I mean, do you get to, when do you kiss your first girl? Well, I mean, prior to that, you know, like, I mean, a lot of life was lived before. But 17. all that gets shut down, right? All that fun stuff. Oh, dating, yeah. kissing girls, uh -huh. calling people. Yeah, all that. Yes, it's gone. So it stopped his sophomore year. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. Man. Junior year. Junior year. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any tattoos or piercings at that point? 
Well, pride. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had you know I had, I had lip ring earrings, seven different hair colors. Oh shit! Yeah, you look like Adrian Bosman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he made it look way better. I, I I didn't look that good. He he's a he made it. He worked it. Yeah, you know, punk rock and all that stuff. So so two years at that school, and then what's it like when it when you come out of there? Is it literally like you're back into the world? Like you see like in the doors open to the jail, and Austin walks out. Go to college, which is crazy, right? So I, I crazy college is crazy. So graduate in December. So in an awkward time, start school in a, a, a spring semester in upstate New York. How old are you? 18. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then, I, and that's, and that's why you go right into school. And of course, you know, you go, you know, like, and, and you sort of, you pull back on the college experience. And this was like, if you were to say like, all right, the first year was, it was one of those straight and narrow like you gotta it was a straight out of reform like right you're, you're good and then of course it deteriorates um so you go to all your eight o'clock classes you're you, doing your homework so you have you know 4.0 gpa you're all making that good your stuff. bed that's it you know she so can bounce the quarter off the bed sheet all that good stuff that you learned out in virginia you know spacing out your 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 hanger so that's it's the same space all that and then you know and then from there it's was it was junior year this junior year thing yeah um, I ended up, you know, I was, of course, was in a fraternity that was not good, you know, then running the fraternity, <laughs> um, so more leadership skills. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't avoid it. Couldn't avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess kept falling into the wrong bucket. Yeah. You know, wrong place, wrong time. There was a big fight and ended up, it was a lot of, you know, of course, everyone that was there was like from out of town and stuff. Someone saw me, recognized me. I got pinned for being there, get kicked out of college. For beating someone up. Well, I, you know, I just was there. So, and it was a lot of powerful points in that for me. One, it was junior year. Or no, it was actually, was it senior year? And and, and tying this to like what year, you were yeah. saying now, one of your sort of cornerstones of your philosophy is life is to surround yourself with people better than you. You weren't doing that yet. Right. And You hadn't picked that up yet. You were kind of the best person in your group and, instead and, of the... And not only that, it was the big thing that when, you know, when you end up getting kicked out of school for something that, you know, you didn't do, but it doesn't matter, right? You right. just, you're there. And, and, and again, everything that mattered in that moment, I, it was, it was from the embarrassment of having to tell my family. Yeah. I was, I was, I was dating my girlfriend now, my now wife at the time. Um, I mean, it was just, oh, it, so it, she's seen it all. Oh man. Everything. What a good woman. And the best. And she must be so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, she's, she's, you know, un unbelievable. The fact that she even just, you know, sticks with me through all my idiocracy, but you know, it's going through all of that and then realizing that like my, and for me, it was like my dad that I was like, man, like when you, when he's sticking by me, like I've done everything in my power to, to like essentially say, I'm just I'm not a, deserving. Of right. Her. I'm an awful human being. Yeah. You know, and then realizing that, that, that there was this moment that every decision that I made was my fault, whether whether I choose to be around people, who's around me, every single decision is my fault. Everything that happens in my life is my fault. No one else's. And taking responsibility, for, man, and, the world could use more people like that. And it because I had to come to the facts that this was my fault. I got kicked out of school, and that was my fault. It was, and it was. Everything was my fault. 
and I had to take responsibility of that ownership of that. And that that's when it all came together. That's when everything sort of hit me and because it was, it was hard. I mean, I didn't want, I, that's an amazing turning point. Uh, um, sorry to interrupt, but people will go their whole life blaming their parents, blaming their parents, blaming their parents, blaming everyone around them. But there becomes a point in your life. I don't know how old it is, but no matter what anyone has ever done to you in the past, mm. it all shifts. And now it's all your fault. Yeah. Even what someone did to you when you, if it was their fault when you were 16, when you're 24, it's no longer their fault. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. perspective changes entire. Yes. If you're mature. Sure. Yeah. But it does happen. At some point you have to own everything. Yeah. Everything. You're driving down the street, car hits you, not your fault at all. No, no, no. It's, it's yours. Yeah. It's your life. Take fucking responsibility. Sorry. Yeah. It's killer that like you had that turn. That's a pretty young age to take that turning point. Yeah. It was, it was, and, and I always, and I point it back. It's always, rock bottom kind of, right? It was, it was, it was, and I always point back to like, because oftentimes like, I'll ask, like, you know, how did that, like, I had someone in my life that cared about me enough, cared about me more than I cared about myself, mm-hmm. that believed in me more than this I believed in myself. My dad. And that's something that when you, when you let yourself feel that, it's awful. I just remember I was sitting in my room, like, for two days just crying. Embarrassed. Not, like, I was embarrassed to go, I guess it was in October. In your bedroom at the fraternity or you're no, already gone? At home now. I'm already home, gone. Yep. Now I got to see family for Thanksgiving. Like, just what am I going to tell them? I wanted to lie to them. I, you know, all of these things going through my mind of the embarrassment. Right. And, to, you know, from there to... Avoiding and, discomfort. That's it. And then f- finally realizing that, you know, I this is my fault. I, I have to take ownership. I have to, I have to actually have these conversations. You know, I have to look my father in my eye and apologize for another, you know, yet another mistake. Yet, you know... a. Uh, uh, at this point, another costly mistake. It starts to feel insincere, right? right? I've been yeah. in that position where I'm telling someone sorry for the hundredth time, and you're like, "Fuck, do they even believe me?" Yeah, and 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 you know, it's it's that, and that's it's that moment where I knew they didn't, and the only way I could earn trust was through action and consistency, you know. And that's where and that's where everything changed. I mean, that's literally where my entire life changed. Where I was, so I was, I was working construction. I was going to, so I, so you come home and do the right thing. You cry for two days and get a fucking job. Yeah. So go back to, you know, and I, you know, and it's funny. I had to go to my boss who I worked for in the summers before and tell him, cause he's like, what, why the hell are you here? You know, like, you know, and, and that was another embarrassment. Like all of these, like every step was like, I had to tell everyone. You just this. had to own it everywhere. I, everywhere yeah. I went, yeah. you know, and then I had to stay in school because to keep your health insurance, you had to be a full-time student. So I would take night classes to stay in school at the community college. And then this is winter time. So I was just, you know, plowing at night working construction during the day, going to school. At the time I had... What's plowing at night? Just snow, moving oh, snow, you know, oh. stuff like that. So it was, you know, white gold. Us, us West Coast people don't know that yeah. stuff. Yeah, just, you know, moving When snow. I hear plowing at night, I think of something <laughs> else. But, but. Yeah, just moving snow, shoveling okay. snow. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really doing much plowing. I was the guy that got out of the truck to shovel the snow. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I had, when I was in school... Uh, in upstate New York, I got my personal, like a personal trainer license, you know, that you can get online for $5 and you know, you're a trainer. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I always knew I wanted to do that. And so I, I would apply. I was just kept applying to all these gyms around the area. And, and most, most places said no. Cause you know, who's this guy? No experience. Like and, the, the usual suspects, 24 hour golds, that kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I got an interview at one place in Connecticut, like 45 minutes from my, my dad's house and showed up there in like my dad's suit, you know, <laughs> literally. And they all looked at me like, why are you wearing a suit? He's 5'10". That must have been a lot of Oh, yeah. I, I, I look like Richie Rich, you know, like wearing his dad's you know, stuff. And But I, I somehow got this this personal trainer gig. 
And and that's where it's my first you know time ever training anyone. It's at this gym. So I'm working um, working construction, personal training, and going to school. I uh, timestamp this. What what year is this? So this would be 2009. Okay. Because okay. this is where I found out about CrossFit. This all this explains gym. the Hobart relationship too. You know. Yeah. This guy knows intensity, intimacy, hardship, what's real, what's not real, what not to be intimidated by, what to be intimidated by, what not to fear what other people are saying about you, how to have meaningful, honest, true relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking whole life. He don't give a fuck if he jumps into bed with Hobart. No. no. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, knows, he knows who the hell he is. He doesn't give a... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And his love for his buddy is... is is true because you 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 value stuff. Yeah, and and, and it's you, and you value trust and honesty and yeah. intimacy and hardship and it's cool. Anyway, yeah, it's cool that yep. that just hit me. I, I was gonna write that down. I don't even have to write it down. I already interrupted you and said it. Nailed right, it. Go. <laughs> yeah, so that was two thousand nine. It was it was at this gym where you know one of the veteran trainers. You know, every gym's got the veteran trainer, the salty dog, and he was like, "You got it." You know, we were there, and I was you know just training and personal training. People was like, "Yeah, try this CrossFit thing." I was like, "What?" Oh, say that again. What year was that? Did he say? 2009. Wow. And I was like, okay. You know, like, you know, sure. I had no idea what it was. And, and he was like, well, they have this workout called Fran. You know, it's like, it's like their, what kind of computer did you have? Oh, I think I had a compact. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. With a floppy drive. All right. Yeah. And, um, and I remember he, he's like, he pulled it up and I did it. So I did, you know, 2159, you know, thrusters and pull-ups and I, I i remember my four minutes and 56 seconds was was my time i don't i don't know if anything actually counted right that's actually pretty damn yeah. good but you know like it's incredible yeah you know, and i just and i strict, threw up strict pull-ups probably you know like in the power rack you know like right. in the yeah. squat rack yeah. you know and and i remember you know i threw up in the garbage can right what is your there. reach well i'm five five and my reach i think i'm like my ape index is like negative like it's eight or something so i think i'm like almost like six like eight inches shorter than my height Oh, like my, your, your wingspan. my wingspan. You have a sixty-eight inch reach. Whatever it is, um, it's crazy. Like when I no, 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 it would be more than that. Sixty-five feet is six yeah. is sixty inches. Sixty-five, seventy-three inch. You have the reach of a man who's six-one. Yeah, about so. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Hendel. I, I have about the same reach as Spencer. Hendel. Yeah. Wait, really? When you guys go like this? Yeah. You guys, are, wow. And yeah. he's a giant dude. It's not like he has T Rex arms or anything. No, he's normal. Yeah, he's yeah. got normal anthropology metrics okay sorry okay yeah. i was just imagining you doing fran and 456 and how unfair that is yeah yeah but it's it all evens out you know and then so i did it and that's where like and it, it was it blew my mind how hard it was and then i and then i started digging deep on what this crossfit thing was and because i was bored in the gym i was just a meathead you know doing the, doing whatever what did he did. say about your time was he, had, he like he had no idea dude like, you're insane he's like that's good like, i think it was like that's good you know like but he didn't do it in under five minutes. No, I don't even think he did it. You know, oh. he was like, "You got to do it." You know, <laughs> perfect, <laughs> perfect. Though. You, you, were the, you were the test. Yeah, he was like, "You yeah. got to try this thing," but I'm not going to do it. So in 2009, you're doing your first CrossFit workout. In 2010, you're with Miko Sailor, Rich Froning, and Graham Holmberg, yeah. fucking warring at at 7,500 feet in Lake Tahoe. Well, and that and that was that's was, amazing. And it was just funny because then I researched it, and that's when I bought. So every second counts was like on the. So I went to CrossFit. amazing movie. So I bought it, and it got shipped, and I I think. It's funny because I remember we, my wife and I were living in different places because you know we were my girlfriend Mary at the time, and she, um, every time that we'd come over, I'm like, let's watch every second count. It's on the DVD player. She's like, I don't want to watch it again. I was like, we got to watch it. You know, like I, I really like Josh Everett. He's really cool. You know, like all and we'd watch it. And she, she knows the whole plot more than anyone else because I forced her to watch it. And I bought the um, 
games manual, like it was like the games book uh-huh. of like all the athletes. Yeah. And I studied their time because I was like, I'm going to compete. Right. Why not? You can compete. Right. And I've tracked the 2009 CrossFit games via like, however we were tracking at the time. Did you watch that entire video we put out on the 2009 games? I mean, that thing was like nine hours. I, I watched it. was extensive. It. I mean, every, here's what I, to an example of my ridiculous extremism taken into the world of CrossFit. I, so I bought my level one. I had to open up two credit cards to do it because they only give me a $500 limit. Right. So I got two credit cards, got that. Then I was like, I don't even know what Olympic lifting is. I got to go to one of these courses. So I had to do the same for uh, Coach Bergner's course. Credit card for- Get another credit card. I had all these credit cards just so I could go to courses, right? That's amazing. And <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I got to I gotta learn. And then, oh, there's a CrossFit journal. So I printed every article at the time that was that was ever like published. at Kinko's or yeah. in your home machine at the gym at the gym yeah and then cha-ching yeah probably saved and 50 I, bucks I right literally there. it was then I like I had laminated half the book because I was like I gotta save this stuff you know that was a mistake because I didn't realize how heavy laminated papers were it quadrupled the size of the notebook but I still have it at home you know so I, I read every will you article. post a picture of that on Instagram I got I'll find your it your laminated yeah oh, oh yeah if, if uh, I hope hopefully it made the made the move but uh I, uh, and then I would, I read, I studied the manual of, of so it, w- it would, it would have been the 2000, I think, uh, eight of all the stats. Yeah. I was like, in order for me to go to the games, I, I highlighted everyone's best stat. So like if, who had the best brand time? Who had, and I, so I, I had, I had like the data of who was the best at each workout. I was like, I got to beat all these times. It's the only way I can make it to the games and like, no, I can do it. Is all this other stuff behind you now? Are you on probation? Well, yeah. So, Is there- I mean, is it behind you? Is the college fucking with you or, or is that, does it all just kind of like you come home from college and it just, the whole past just dies and you well, just reinvent yourself at a construction job? Well, not really. No. I mean like, so like it's cause I still need to get my degree. And like, I was like, you know, like I've done so much for this. So I knew I had to end up going back up because of my degree in exercise science. You have to do like this big research thing. It's like, so I had to go up there. So I still had to, re- I had to reapply. Hopefully. Oh. So I had, to, so this was all this okay. currently. Okay. So. So I started training for the CrossFit Games. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go. But then I had to move back up to Syracuse. So I moved up to Syracuse. So I was like... So you were at the 2009 Games? 10. 10. Okay. So Not aromas. Okay. Yeah. So and so then I got... So this is when I got my level one mm-hmm. um, in Watertown, Connecticut. And what did you think about the L1? I, 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 I loved it. I was so excited for Fran that when I did it there, I hit my chin on the pull-up bar and I didn't want anyone to know and I definitely gave myself a full-on concussion and I it hurt so bad I I finished it in like sub three minutes because I was like I gotta I'm gonna show them because like at this time like like I I understand and respect participants that go full out because that's that was me like I was like I'm gonna show them that I can go to the CrossFit Games like because Pat Barber was, was there there was, was some was, other footage where you knocked yourself out on a bar I saw one time I think that was at King that was at a an art the Arnold Classic it was like a dirty South bar. Yep. You hit your head, mm. went down, kind of. Yeah, I'm really good at hitting my head. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. Okay, was it? Were you doing muscle ups or pull ups? Well, at the at so f- when I knocked myself out, it was muscle ups uh, at the at the Arnold Classic. Okay, did that. But when I was just, I hit my chin on the on the pull up bar coming down for at, another rep at the L one at the level one. And I just remember, like, I definitely like because I finished it. And I was so messed up from going as hard as I could and, and smashing my head. I went outside, I threw up again, like, and didn't want to tell anyone because you know, it was embarrassing. And I tried to pull it together, but I, I, 
I don't really remember most of the conversations the rest of that evening. Good thing we weren't testing back then. (laughs) Wow. On day two. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, thank God. And and was that life transforming for you, that L1? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I can, I I can tell you every, like, I just remember I sat three seats into the left. You know, I remember Dennis Marshall deadlifting in his Vibram five fingers, 405. I was like, this is the strongest person ever. You know, like, <laughs> awesome. I, I, just, I just remember like, what's did, your deadlift today? 570. Yeah. The strong, that's the strongest person ever. I don't know about that. <laughs> but he inspired me. And so then of course, like, have I, you done five Tyson? No, no, no. Five far from it. Crazy, crazy Austin. So I got, I got five and five. Have you ever done steroids? Summer? Have I ever done? Yeah. No, no. But I've seen people do them. And you so, have? Oh yeah, college, fraternity. Like this or like this? Well, yeah. I mean, you you know, you inject your buddies in the shoulders, the butt. Can't you do uh, pills? Can't you do like? Um, yeah, I mean, you can take what is you know, you can take. But yeah, I mean, D ball like, pills. Yeah, D ball pills. But you might as well just if you're gonna do the damn thing, do it right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. But All right. yeah, you. I mean, that's why. Like, and that's another. So five seventies clean. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's got to be more than double body weight. Yeah, I'm one seventy five, so I don't. I, Coming up on three. Yeah, yeah coming up on yeah. three, yeah. That's all I got. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so your L1's amazing. You remember oh, yeah. where you sit. You saw the guy dead the 405. Oh, yeah, it's just like all those moments, you know, to bottom to bottom squats and the med ball, all those fun, all that fun stuff. And, you know, and, and, and that, and then I, you know, I moved back up to Syracuse. So I moved to Syracuse out, which is a half an hour outside of, of where I went to school because um, I wanted to make sure I was never in a situation to make a poor decision. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put, I'm going to go to college school twice a week, Tuesday, Thursdays, 8 a.m. to, you know, seven at night. Um, and then I, I got a personal training job at a gym up there and that's where I went. Um, and Marin stays with you through all this. No, Marin now at this point is graduated because now okay. I'm late. Um, so she's now lives in Albany and are you guys still together? Oh yeah. Okay. She doesn't working. take a break from you. She's not like, all right, dude, she stays with me like a complete boss. And, that's awesome. um, you know, so she's working at State Farm. So she got a job at a school and starts working at State Farm. And, you know, and that's so I, that's why I actually went to my first CrossFit gym outside of Albany because I went to see her. It's like I'm doing, you know, and then I went to um, CrossFit Saratoga because that's where, where she, you know, where we live, where she lived. You know, this is, I'll never forget this. Uh, yeah, you pull up the website and I'm like, I'll go here. They have a class at this time. I'm driving to this neighborhood. It's like a really nice neighborhood. I'm like, this is not where gyms are. You know, like this, I'm really stressed out. I'm like, and then like, you know, now I'm in a cul-de-sac. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Oh shit. It's someone's house. Yeah. So like, so like I pulled down, like I park on the other side of the cul-de-sac and like, I'm now I'm like, I see like a garage open. I'm like, I think I hear music. Oh, I see a tire. So then I creep in and like walk down this person's driveway in a two car garage, just across the Saratoga as a state trooper. And you know, I'll, um, you know, you know, I actually recently, you know, saw, uh, saw them at a, uh, a level one that they re up their level one and you know we for the first still time at see, it. still at it still doing it across the saratoga cool. susan and uh um susan douglas uh, and she she sort of runs the operation and then her husband is uh, active military as well so it was just cool to like see them and but that was my first so did, you went in his garage and worked out with did them? the filthy 50 yeah were there others there it was like you know like like a like someone like a neighbor and their kid you know that's like awesome. so it's all family basically yeah. that's cool you know where like like you do the wall balls into the corner of the ten foot ceiling you know because that's yeah. you know and you know there's a hole into the into the crawl space for your rope climbs like that was the affiliate so that was my first ever affiliate I was ever in, uh, and then when I when I went up to Syracuse did they charge you? I think I yeah I think so I think I, yeah I think like ten bucks in a jar, yeah it was like you know 
or like you know first workouts free or something like you know, right. you know, something like that but you know i remember like i couldn't do double unders and i did the filth i did everything in the filthy 50 and then i got to double unders doubled my time you know broke four jump ropes out of frustration oh, that's just because you know his jump ropes. I think they were they were mine. I had my own. Jump. Oh, I was I gonna the, say. I, so no matter how much you paid, you yeah. fucked them. Yeah, no. I I had the Buddy Lee jump rope, so I was like, oh yeah, oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, remember that thing? It's the huge handles. When yep. do you think? Okay, I want to be on the L one team, and 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 what makes you actually think you can do that, or did you not really think you could? So I was coaching. So this is I I, I started coaching at CrossFit DeWitt up in Syracuse. That's where I start. Like really started coaching, and he um, it was just funny. Like I would just go there to work out and 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 didn't have a lot of classes and someone just showed up one day when they didn't have another coach and I was like I'll coach and you had your own one yeah and so I started coaching and that's where I kind of where I started that that organic journey and then after the games uh I was fortunate enough to finish six in 2010 and so I, I kind of figured I was like I think I, I think who I'm finished gonna... fifth I don't know who finished seventh I have no idea did you know Spencer at the time no 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 I didn't did you do better than him I think so yeah he recently, yeah, because that was, I had, I had a better finish between him and I, and then he finished fifth in like 2014 and got me. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so. So you're training at the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so I went to the CrossFit Games, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to shoot Dave an email and ask if I can intern on, on, on the seminar staff because maybe I'm on his radar. And I was like, you know, I just finished six. Maybe right. he knows who I am. Right, right. You know? Of course he does. You know, and. You know, and shot him a note, and 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 I said I'd love to have the opportunity to intern, and he said sure, and I and I interned. Uh, the first one was ironically where I took my level one, at um. Oh, there it is. There it is. Look there at those is. names you're with. Right Ooh. behind Miko Taylor. Pat Burke. Ooh. Yeah, Pat Burke, the cockroach. Yep. Wow, look at those guys. Yeah. Peter Edged. Oh man. Fucking Hall of Famer Tommy Hackenbrook, another one yeah. Ben Smith, Patrick mm -hmm. Burke. Half those uh, guys are, hey, are dead now. Hey, look O'Connor. Eric O'Connor. <laughs> wow. I beat Hobart oh, yeah. that year. That's awesome. Yeah. Miko, Matt Chan. Peter Edges. Spieler. Awesome. Oh, now I remember. I remember the year because I remember when Spieler made it to the podium. I remember thinking, wow, those workouts, like, I felt like those workouts were really for him that year. I accused Dave of programming for Chris. He didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't like that at all. Okay, so 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 you you do your three internships and you're in. Yeah, so I got just was, like that. Well, I got I did. I, I remember I I was in. Uh, I think I did two internships. I forget how wow. many I did, but I remember uh, Pat Sherwood was like my point of contact, and he gave me like eight pa pages of feedback. I was like, well, this isn't this isn't good. Wow. <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, I'm gonna green light you. And I was like, I don't know what that means. What does green light mean? Like I called that him. That must on, be military stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh man, like seal shit. Yeah, I'm like, oh damn. Like so, he's like, but like you know, you'll get an email from Dave and Nicole, like you know, because they make the decision. I was like, okay, you know, and I heard nothing. I was like, well, okay, it was, it was a good run, you know. So Pat Sherwood gave you the green light and and eight pages of notes. Yeah, and you were like, what the fuck? What's this? Yeah, I, was like, I, I didn't know. I had no idea what was going to happen after that, but I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't hear anything, and then we had. You know, this is when we had the invite for the throwdown in Tahoe. So that was after the second internship. And so, we, you know, we flew out to Tahoe and, you know, Dave was there and the whole crew was there. And I just, we were, the first night, 
we were walking from, you know, we had two houses. It was great. You know, you get, oh, wait, get, so you get to Tahoe and you've yet to get a response from Dave or Nicole? Correct. So I, I you know, I was, I'm over here taking a selfie. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. following. That's the first time I've done that in the podcast, here. by the way. Thank you, Tyson. Yeah, hey, you're welcome. So, you know, get to, we're in Tahoe. Were you starstruck at all? Graham Holmberg, Miko Salo. I mean, they were, they were, they were names at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, at that time, you're like, it's always, you have that, like, do I belong here? You know, it's like, was this a mistake, you know, like a fluke, you know, like you have that just because a lot of it is, you just don't know. Oh my God, look at Barber. No wonder I fucking used to call him the manimal. He really does look like oh, a look werewolf. There I am. That's me. House. Look how little I am. Yeah. What's going on at the road? Wow, you are the. Do a little look briefing at... and then uh, dinner. Uh, so we're going to learn about, we're going to learn what we're going to do. I hate listening to myself on camera. No idea look how much tanner you are now that you're out of jail. With, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were. It was. I was on one of these ro- walks. Ironically enough, is where Dave told me I was on staff. Did you see my motorhome? It was your own motorhome. I was yeah. just gonna say that. Really? Yeah. So I don't think I have like a formal letter anywhere that's like, "Hey, welcome to the team." We were just walking, and he was like, "You know, nice job on your internship. Welcome to the team." And I was like, "Like it was like one of those that's moments cool. where like, I just like." Really? Like, like it was, it was such an amazing, it was like, that was such a big goal and it was unbelievable that it happened. And then, you know, obviously, and then out there, it was just funny how like it all was just like happening. You're at this amazing event with these amazing people. And, you know, so it was just ironic how that, this was where I was told. Do you remember when Rich called, um, Graham out to do the overhead squat workout? Oh, there was a lot of tensions. You could cut, cut through with the knife. That was uncomfortable, right? Very. Cause we all were just like. Because that was kind that that was Graham's you know mm-hmm. uh, weak link right yes. at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that and was real. It, but it also it, it showed a, a champ. Right. You know, it's like, hey, I'm gonna just so what a killer does, right? Like, right. It's like, I mean, he's a killer. And There's then a lot uh, of people probably haven't seen this. This might be one of the coolest projects we've ever done. Oh man, it's people need to go watch this. This is one of my. I mean, I, we were in that hot tub with Pat Barber and. I, I never spoke to him beyond my level one where he, you know, he had the professional cape on and uh-huh. he goes, Hey Austin, you move like shit. First thing he <laughs> In said the hot me, tub? Yeah. I said, nice, nice to see you again, Pat. It's like, you're strong. You move like crap. So like moments like that just happened because just were happening. Have you guys reconciled? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we still laugh about it. It's great. Do you remember the, um, uh, Dave and I think Dave and Castro and Camille did a jump rope competition right there on that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. The double under con- yeah. yeah. On that platform. And look it, at it, Rob. Look at, oh man. Rob was chaperoning. <laughs> so, yeah, they're back there. And then do you remember the foot race that Miko Salo got in, in that one workout and how he, how fast he ran oh forever and then remember he was like shot out of a cannon and then the pat barber chris spieler thruster oh, woods, woods run workout yeah. yes yeah. yes matt chan challenged me to a log throw of course <laughs> yeah. right oh look at that flow the flow so it's such a, we need to rerun this it was so good we, we need to we need to recreate it oh uh, it's we definitely it's one of the most like like asked for things too like oh like, you gonna do more of that i'm like man because it's it was such a, also a unique time of like for for CrossFit for where we were as athletes as people like it was just it was just very it was unique. Where that like, was the first like that was like right when game sponsor yep. sponsorship really kind of came on on the scene. Yeah. Oh man, it was just. Will we see you back at the games as an individual athlete? 
not this year. We're 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 scheming for another team. Okay, so what? You didn't qualify the year before. No, I missed that. Yeah. So is the window closed? Tell me about aging. Is aging? Yeah. I mean, talk to Josh and Dan like you're talk like pretend like I'm Josh and Dan and talk to them what you know about aging. Yeah, it's 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 not that you're getting it's time under tension and injuries. Okay. You know, so like the year prior, like you know, I I tore a ligament in my wrist a, a week before regionals. Okay. You know, like that just stuff wasn't happening five years ago. You could train full on and do the you know whatever it is and be ready for it. Like things like that happen, and it's like I've it just. Is no. that literally be like a time under tension thing, or is it just that training has changed? I think it's both. Where it's like you know, you know, I'm 30 years old, and I th I think that the year 30 matters a lot less that I've been doing this for you know nine you know training with volume for nine years, and then the past five years the volume you know has doubled what you did right. the, the predicated five. Totally right. And you know, so with that, just it's just a, it's a math game with right? minimal fitness gains too, right? Like if we're talking to the average person, like. Three on, one off, and you can still be fucking in the ninety-nine percentile. Correct. But if you want to start, yeah, if you you know, if you really want to start to pursue this this notion of competing, it's it's. I mean, you have to what you have to do throughout a day. It's just it's it's so much more practice. But practice is relative to your ability. So the loading is going to be a little higher, right? So you know, when you practice, you know, cycling a barbell, that barbell needs to have one hundred and thirty-five pounds on it. For your you know your members, it's a PVC pipe, right? It's so there's just a difference what practice means, what you know, and and that does take a toll on the body. Right. And you talk, you know, you talk. You know, anyone in that video is a good example that's still competing. Everyone's still, you know, you. What people Matt don't. Matt Frazier was here last week, and he said he said that like it's not not very far from you know he's not very far off. Yeah. From basically being in like lockdown, games training mode, <clears throat> where it becomes an eight hour a day. Yeah. No travel, commitment, nothing. Commitment, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what you're talking yeah. about. It's the difference between going in, hitting it for an hour, right. or spending literally all day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what people don't like to talk about is that it's painful. It's a professional sport. I mean, every competitor at the top or that's trying to be at the top, trying to break into the top or stay in the top is in pain all day. That is no different in any sport at the apex. Right? And that's what people don't like to talk about. It's because it's different. It's a sport. Your goal is not fitness or health. Your goal is to win. And when your goal is to win, you're going to sacrifice everything to achieve that goal. Sure. You know, and that's, and that's sort of like where, and at any point, it's in, in, in certainly our sport specifically, it's a high impact sport where there's no non high impact positions, right? It's like certain leagues, right? You see like quarterbacks can last a long time. Everybody snatches. Everybody that's right. catches heavy cleans. That's right. And and also I think you know part of it too is is I just look at it where like the quality of movement size of the athlete really matter you know for longevity we see really good athletes go to the CrossFit Games for one year and never come back watch their movement I guarantee you they they don't move well well what about right. what what about um, on on the other end of that you have someone like Sam Briggs mm -hmm. who, how many how many who, times you be injured. Right. She, she, but she's actually improved significantly, but yeah. she was one of the best, uh, she was one of the worst movers yeah. I had ever seen yes. at the CrossFit games. She may even get that title. There's a, there's a quote. There's and a, yet there's now, a great... now she's a great mover, but she's been around a long, right. or I don't know if a great mover, but she's better than most people. In order for her to have, have stayed in the sport <laughs> to succeed, she's had to get, become a better mover, but like, look at what's helped she, And her she's back. not just succeeding. She's, well, she's, she's, she's dominating, right? I mean, she she's, is a, a genetic 
freak. She, she, what she can do is unbelievable. If she started to move that well 10 years ago. Okay. Like that's, that, that's the thing where like you look at, I, I utilize Rich as an example. Rich has always moved really well and also has some unbelievable, he's just a, a freak as well. But like, and you combine that, Matt Frazier moves well. Yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg's actually said that for years. Yep. He said, you look, there's there's a direct correlation between yep. um, games finishing standing yep. standing and quality of movement. Yes. And I, and I think it's the consistency piece because, uh, you know, like, and this is where people get wrapped around the axle, even down the affiliate level. Tia, just, by the way, just throwing there, amazing. Yep. Yes. Amazing yeah. mover. Technician. Even her burpees look different than other people's mm -hmm. burpees. I mean, she fl and she flows, not only just in the, in the technical moves, but she's flowing. Yep. She's like in water. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's not about a task accomplishment across a single task in a single day. It's task accomplishment across years of training. My audio is doing some weird shit, like switching back and forth I, between head. Uh, I get, I'm, I've been getting that as well. I've been getting okay. that too. Okay. All right. I just feel like it's like God. Wouldn't it be a shame <laughs> if we have to do this whole thing again? It's going back and forth. Okay, but, go on. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's just that. So I think that's another thing of the quality of movement, and that's why you, you have to see, when you see perennial games athletes. And I utilize James as an example. James oh. is one of the best movers that we ever see, which allows him to be doing to have done this for you know, ten years, and he's getting fitter and stronger still, right? So you see that sort of stuff, and that. So you're done. As an individual, yeah, I don't know. Okay, but the keeping the hope alive. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, love let, to, I love the team thing. It's it's just so different. Let me lay this equation for you yeah. out. This algebraic equation. Mm. You have Austin Maliolo, who, let's say, in his prime, did not win the games. Correct. But he goes to the games to win the games, mm -hmm. and he's had an incredibly successful games career just by going five times as an individual is mm -hmm. must put you in some sort of small group. Six. That six, including team. All right, right, I said right. individual. Yeah. So you're you've even mentioned that you're thinking about maybe having kids in your future. You're you're you know you have a lot of different thing things going on yeah. in your life, and now you, you're and you're not going to go to the games this year as an individual because you you have a team that you think you want to rock with. Yeah. So now we're talking. You're going to be 33 years old. Yeah, and we, we've already established that. Um, what your career has been like up until this point. Yeah. And um, it could be argued that your career is waning because you didn't make it the last time you tried to go as an individual. Mm -hmm. But you would have to put in, now here comes the cherry on top, mm -hmm. you'd have to put in eight hours a day yeah. for nine months mm -hmm. knowing that the last time you went to the regional is you didn't even make your goal. Right. Does that seem... Insurmountable? Not insurmountable. Does that seem smart? Like, what would be what would be the what would be the point if the goal is to right. go to the games? Right. Does it seem like a good use of your time? And how how do you so, reconcile all that all that that blender yeah. shit I threw at you that equation? Does it seem like a good use of your time? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> you know. So is it? It's more of a it's a mindset of I've never known. CrossFit without competing. I found CrossFit and I was like, I'm going to compete, and I somehow made it in 2010. Ever since then, it's you know, it's make it to the games or fail at making it to the games, and that's that's, that's been it. And then, you know, whereas for me, being in the open is a huge success. It yeah. really is. Like when I pay and I finish the open, I'm like, holy shit, I did it. Yeah, and we're and, in two totally different places. And for some people, like they start doing CrossFit and they, and then they're like. 
they somehow fall into the world of competing and somehow, you know, they, they, you know, they go to compete. Like it's like a progression. Right. Where for me, it was like, I'm going to do CrossFit to compete. Right. I found out about coaching and, and, and this life improvement part of CrossFit secondary. Okay. Where it's usually the other way around for a good amount of people. Now it's changing, right? Because now the sport has grown to be its, its own sport, um, which is amazing. Now, I think that if you would ask me realistically, do you think that I'm going to go individual again? Probably not. Do I rule it out? No. Um, but I love training. And I love competing, and I—that's what keeps it going. When it's not fun, when it's not, when it's no longer love, like I'll have that discussion. But I hear a lot of people that don't love to train; they just do it because they want to. They want to win. They, like they to want to compete. compete. Yeah. I love to train. You know, competition is stressful. And the videos show that too, by the way. Some of the road trip stuff I've seen, like yeah. with you and Hobart, or the videos with you and Hendel, it's clear that you're having—you're the guy in the room having the most fun. Yeah, it's, and it's and 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 that's. So I'm like, well, why? I'm just gonna keep it's it going, you know. It. Like, right. I'm gonna keep going, and 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 that's you're gonna show up to the party every day. Yeah, and let's train, let's do it. Like, you want to wake up at five and train? Cool. Yes, you know. Like, let's. I'll do whatever you want, you know. And, and I think that's something that. So when that changes, I'll reevaluate, um, and that's and I, I learned a lot about my myself as a competitor and a human being on team this year, and, and I, so I'm not done there. I still think there's more growth. That's why I'm 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 a pretty strong advocate for a team. I learned more as an athlete and a leader and a teammate this year than I than I did in my six seven years of competing as an individual in in one year. Can you give me something? When you're an individual, you have to be and you should be selfish with your training. When you're on a team, you cannot be, and that was a really difficult switch for me. It was that I have to care about five other people as much, if not more, than I care about myself. You mean working on their weaknesses when they're not yours? At the, that's almost at the least. It's more or less what you say, how you say it, how you react to a workout. You know, if I say, if I say to someone, "Hey, that workout was easy," but it was someone's hardest workout, I just offended them. Right. Right. And these are, and then, and, and then for me, it's like, oh, get over it. Right. As opposed to like. I, I shouldn't say that next time because they're on my team and, and my success is tied to their success right? and vice versa. And so, so it's go- some hardcore empathy yeah, did, and, did, uh, and social did, awareness. Denise yeah. Thomas was your guys' coach. Yeah. Was, was this a handful for her? Like, is this something she was? Well, we actually, so we, we intimately like, we called her in cause we were like, man, like we need some, we need someone to, to corral us and tell us what to do. Cause it, it wasn't working with just like me telling everyone what to do and things like that for, we just, our team needed someone outside of of me or someone else telling them what to do, and I think that's uh. So she came in; it was great because she's a unbelievably detail oriented and unbelievably empathetic, and um, that was really good for us. I was gonna say, what um, a great what a great person to pull into that. Yeah, you know, and and who is on the team? So it was myself, um, Spencer Hendel, and Connor Murphy, mm-hmm. and then Rachel Martinez, Ali uh, Allison Bushy Leard, um, and then Kate Briarly. Okay. Yeah. So stacked. Yeah, it was it was a fun team. It was cool because stacked a group of people. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we I mean, you know, we had some crazy circumstances during the open. Rachel dislocated her elbow, full dislocation during the snatch workout. We were like, meaning all the way out, bam, out to the side. It was it was like, and the X ray looked like this. Wow. It was the grossest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, so like, you know, we had that, you know, and then you know, did after- Connor tweak his neck? Connor broke worm? his neck after regionals. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we had working out or in a car yeah. accident or no, from from the you know, after like from the worm. worm. Going, yeah. It's it. So that was crazy. So like just and and, and you. Know, I just remember like I would just drive home from the gym and I'm like, we're our season's over. I remember like when, when Rachel blew her elbow, I'm like, we're done. Like we're not going to make regionals because how are we going to finish? Right. I, you know, you know, Denise is the unsung, unsung hero because we didn't have any alternates except her because. So your coach trained with you? Well, she, well, she, then her, her final two scores were submitted for our women because she was the because only. Because Rachel was out. Rachel couldn't do, you know, she could only, you know, she couldn't really do it because of her arm. Did she end up so, being so on the demo team? Can... No, Rachel was on our team. She competed yeah, she... at the games and regionals. Oh, damn. So she recovered. She was like Wolverine. I don't know how she, she's made of adamantium. She recovered for the- Oh, you know who I'm confusing her with? Fuck, I always do that. What, 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 uh, what's Rachel's last name? Martinez. Martinez. I'm confusing her with Kelly Jackson. Right. Oh. They look very Who's similar. Who's here? Okay. Yeah, she'll be here. Okay, okay. Like in a few Shit. minutes. Sorry. And Kelly Jackson was on the demo team. Correct. Sorry. Got it. So like, just having moments like that where like, I just remember calling Spencer. I was like, Spencer, like, I was like emotional. I was like, I didn't see it ending this way this year. You know, like, and I, so you have those moments where like, when you're an individual, it's all you. There's sanctuary and there's also, you know, obviously responsibility with that. But man, with the team, it is so different. And I think that if you are an athlete and you really want to become a better athlete or a better person at some point and you're in an individual sport, do a team at some point. What place did you guys take? Fifth. Can you win it? With your new team? Yes. But I can't release who's on the team yet. Okay. Because like, like by... You're on it. Yes. How many spots are up for grabs? Spencer's on it. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> He's like, I can't. We're just going to go process of elimination here. Yeah. Is Connor on it? Maybe. He's still battling. Like, so he's Is the, Rich Froning on it? No, no, no. Rich is not. Is Hobart on it? Maybe. Okay. Ooh. That would be really weird if Hobart got on your team. Hey, that'd be really. That cool. would be really smart for yeah. you guys because people don't know this. James is like, he's won. On, he's good. He's the oh. most decorated. He's, <laughs> he's, he's yeah. the most decorated team. He's the most decorated team athlete in history. In CrossFit Games history, and people Correct. don't know that about him. He's also because he won with New England. Oh, and, and, and then he mayhem twice. Yeah. So he's, he's the, the good luck charm. You guys. Yeah, he's the, the good luck charm. Wow. He's also a very very good team leader. So like, you know, like what people don't realize that like. He, so him and I are very different. I'm like, as a, as a, I'm very abrasive when it comes to like, just interaction and feedback when it comes to just anything like when, and like, Hey, like, that's not good. We got to change this. He's, he's like very soft and, and approachable and people love, love him in that setting. Yeah. I work with him now yeah. and he is, um, no matter how abrasive I am, he just kind of absorbs it the way like yeah. a rock goes into a marshmallow. Right. He's just like, <sighs> right. It's, it's, un, it's like, he's smooth. Yeah. He's not like, I'm like sandpaper, you know, like I'm hopefully useful, but sometimes abrasive, you know, right. it needs to be right. used correctly with the right, you know, grit. You exfoliate where James. Yeah. He's the lubricates. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the moisturizer. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's right. He's the moisturizer to the, uh, the ped egg, but yeah. So, I mean, so he, you know, so, and then, you know, and we'll probably have all new women because uh, of our, you know, just of where they're at. Rachel's like rehabbing. Give us some names on the women. What kind of, like, what kind of women are we talking about? Um, you know, so we have a few people up for grabs. I mean, there's James' girlfriend who is. Wife or girlfriend? Their girlfriend, unless they eloped last night. Hey, from what I hear their relationship is like, there's just going to be a lot, lot of talking and no training. 
Well, there'll be a lot of making out. That's for sure. Oh, good. Make us they all do that? Do they do PDA? Yeah. Stresses me out. Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like PDA. I like it, but I grew up with my mom like saying it wasn't cool, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm just... They, yeah. They, they do their thing, but they're, like, they're, she's really fit. Like, and she's, and she works, she's like one of those, like has a real job. Like, and what I mean by real job, like has to commute to the city, come back, but she crushes 5 a.m. Yeah. Like finds a time and like, it's just great. And then, you know, there's a few other studs around the area. There's, um, Ashley Wozni who won the teen championship, I think a year, two years ago. That'd be cool. So she trains at, um, uh, Spencer's gym, but she, you know, she's now, you know, coaching and looking for, you know, coaching and stuff like that. And then we have, um, a few other people that like right on the cusp of regional, like just missing regionals. So, um, so you're not pulling anyone out of the games. No, like a, a 16th place. From no, the games. it's, um, you know, it's, it's funny where I, I've, I've had those, you know, we've had that, you know, people come in and train, like what means a little more to me is like, cause part of it's like, if you're going to like, you have to like be a part of the community and coach at the gym. Like I like the whole super team. I, I get it. But like, you know, like Spencer coached at Reebok CrossFit one for years before he opened up his gym. And, you know, so like things like that, were like, I, I want to tie to the community and tie to the people as much as having a great team. And I think you can do both. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to have unbelievable. Yeah. We're lucky to have unbelievable athletes in the surrounding area. I mean, mayhem did it right. That was no super team that they, that they were, or they were under the radar. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, look at you, look at Ute's team this year. Yeah, you know, there, it was kind of a mixed. You would say that Mayhem's was a super team. You were given like a. Yeah, you have Lindy, you know, who's you know, but but he, but what I think. But what, she's a wounded duck, right? I mean, at any, at any moment, at any moment, she could be like, "Hey, my back's out. I can't go on." She's she's a high risk, high risk, high reward. Um, and then you she have seems the, to manage that so well. Yeah, I mean, you I wouldn't even know unless you know. Right, 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 right. And then you have well, I mean, she talks about it. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, and then and then the uh, the what's the blonde girl that they're always scaring? Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. She's awesome. Right. I mean, didn't they build her from the ground yeah. up? And and ref it too. Um, you know, but I think that's something that what people don't understand about rich or environment is that like, or they had the forty year old lady on the on the team when, the first year they yeah, won. Yeah, with James. That's, that was yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, that what was her name again? How do I forget her name? I forget her name. James will know. Okay, I'll um, be on the next one. But I've hung out with her a bunch. She's yeah. fantastic. So, and I think with that, it's like you know, I think a testament to what Rich has done at Mayhem is that, like, they're all there. Like you know, I think like Lindy's like moving there fully. Like you know, she's like, it's like it's cool to see that where like you know, may, people may come down, but then they they fully like assimilate to that culture and that lifestyle. Did you hear Matt Frazier's moving to Cookville? I did. Do you find that it um 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 do you find that um 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 do you find that against all odds? <laughs> you know, I, I think that if you know you it's a nice place to live. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Are you excited to see how it plays out? I bet you I could script it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's gonna be there's gonna be a tradition of winning for a long time yeah. out of Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Any 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 chance that we would see? Um, what do you think is more likely? Rich gets a third kid or comes back and goes head to head with Matt. Rich gets a third kid. Third kid, me. That's what I think too. Yeah, yeah I think. He's How about kid- them being on the same team together? I think you'll see a third kid before that. Right. Yeah. And maybe a fourth kid. Yeah. 
but then maybe on the same team. I mean, Matt acts like when he's done, he's done. Yeah. But people say all sorts of silly things in their 20s. And do all sorts of silly things. Um, I think we can stop here yeah. and we can have you back on. Cool. We don't want to like squeeze you every last drop. <laughs> we'll pick up uh, when you come back um, on uh, how you became Flowmaster. Sounds like a plan. All right. Cool. That was awesome. Will oh, you, thanks, um, Thank you. For the, we're going to do another podcast here with uh, Hobart. Would you mind um, co-hosting with uh, Tyson? And That would be an honor. All right. Oh, that would be good. be an honor. That would be right. good.